This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. In the city of Augsburg in 1872, there was an unfortunate murder that happened to a woman that could have easily been avoided. Now, I just kind of want to warn everybody, this is a bit of a controversial topic, and, you know, there there might be some parts of this which are a little bit maybe tough to hear, and, you know, times were different in the, in the late 1800s. I've been told I was never there, but consider yourself warned that this could be a little bit controversial. Either way, I'm Matt. And I'm Meg. And this is the Your Town Podcast. Hey, Meg. Hey. What's up? What's up? Ready to do this? Sure. This is going to be fun. The reason I say it's fun is because it's a pretty dark story. It's a pretty dark past of an area that's really close to where we're living today. And I was talking to some people before we pressed record on this, and they were like, What? this happens so anytime you find a story like this it's very intriguing to me so uh yeah 1872 a wild year there's also going to be some names of some doctors that are going to be pretty hard to pronounce so i do apologize in advance if i do pronounce them wrong it's a long time ago if you happen to be a cousin or, or, or a relative of them i i, I do apologize so ready to get in this mm-hmm. all right let's jump into this just still work Sure. Sure. All right. The year was 1872, and Maria Shea was pronounced dead and was a victim to an abortion gone wrong. And again, this is a topic that we're not going to dive into, and it's a little bit controversial sometimes and for certain people, so I just wanted to get that warning out of the way earlier. Now you know. So who was Maria Shea? Well, Maria was a female who was originally from Morrisburg, New York. She moved to Waddington, New York, where she lived for several years, and that was kind of a connection to the North Country, to Ogdensburg, you know, living pretty close. Waddington is about 15, 20 minutes from Ogdensburg, for anybody that doesn't know. And that is actually where the murder occurred. So after she lived in Waddington for a while, she then packed up and moved to Pennsylvania. It was, it was in the town of Pennsylvania that it was really hard to pronounce, and I just didn't look into it. So we're going to say Pennsylvania. Nothing anybody overly cares unless you're from Pennsylvania. But either way, you're there. Uh, she lived there with her sister around 1871. Apparently, she got into a little bit of a bind when she was down there and decided to take the Rome Railroad back to the North Country March 7, 1871. At this time, she was five months pregnant, and she came up here on the Rome Railroad with enough cash on hand to have the abortion. She arrived in the town and was reported by, you guessed it, St. Lawrence Republican, I think they've made an appearance in every episode, that she went straight to the Baldwin house with the intent of producing a miscarriage. So, again, got into a little bit of a bind, comes up with a bunch of money, and takes a train, goes right there. So, she was instructed, as soon as she gets into town, to send a note to Dr. McMonagall. Alright, I'm pretty That's sure I, I would say it. Okay, okay. I'm gonna probably mm-hmm. say it about five different ways in this episode, but we know it's Dr. McMonagall. And uh well, who is this doctor? Oh funny you might ask. Let's give a little history on this guy. Alright. So his real name, Peter Reed McMonagall, who worked with a doctor oh man, how do you say this one? Everest. 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 
I would say Everest. Everest. I'm going to go with Munjon or Munjion. I'm going to say Munjon, who is Canadian and a physician. Many people really didn't know. McMonagall, on the other hand, well, yeah, a lot of people knew him. He made headlines just a couple of years earlier when he was indicted on charges of manslaughter. And guess what? An abortion death of Miss Mrs. June Hubbard of Ogdensburg. Apparently, though, there was lack of evidence and witnesses, and he was acquitted. Not only was he acquitted, he was actually congratulated right after, and they actually threw a party for him. Isn't that disgusting? I mean, I guess if he was totally innocent and they got a party. Either way, again, the St. Lawrence Republican uh, again said that he, uh, the evening that the doctor arrived home in this city, he was serenaded by his friends who employed the Oswagachi Band for that purpose. Shout out to the Oswagachi Band. Also, shout out to the Oswagachi River Boys. Hmm. All right. A band with a couple of my dudes. <laughs> Maybe it was their relatives in the Oswagachi Band. But either way, they, uh, they got the Oswagachi Band. They celebrated that. So he gets off of murder. Two years later, finds himself in another abortion murder case. Dun, dun, dun. There it is. I was wondering how you were going to sneak that in. I like it. <laughs> so, I mean, pretty wild so far, right? I mean, you, you, have, a, you have two doctors and um, at least two females. One, well, both of them are, are dead at this point in the story. St. Lawrence Republican is there. And uh, you're probably wondering a little more details like myself. Let's... Let's get into some details. There is some details that are a little bit gross, but uh, I've kind of lightened them up for the episode. So, any questions, Meg, or are you caught right up? I'm caught up. I see you're actually on the edge of your seat, so uh, you're into this one. Yeah, I forgot to raise it up. So oh. It's a little low. <laughs> okay. Insert low rider. <laughs> okay. uh, we'll probably get copyright for that. But either way, Miss Shea, who, let's, let's get back to this, is at the Baldwin House, wrote the note. And then was called on by a Mrs. A. Allen. All right. So Mrs. A. Allen then goes to Miss Shea's room at the house and they have an interview. After the interview, it was decided that Shea would go to Mrs. Allen's house the next day and stay there until the following Friday. They were staying over a store on the corner of River and Lake Street in Ogdensburg. Current day, uh, I busted out the Google Maps and um, we could go and take pictures, but... We found out that if you go and take pictures at random places that aren't the places, they're the same places, but they're much different places now in cities, that some of these people don't like you taking pictures of their place. So we're probably not going to do that. I think that's a wise choice. Yes, and this building is in pretty rough shape. Uh, it does appear to have been the storefront. I'm pretty sure that this is the place. We'll uh, we'll try to throw it up on Instagram. But either way, it's um, this is where they are, again, on the corner of Lake and River Street. It does look like it potentially was a connecting building with other storefronts, mm-hmm. and that's maybe the only one remaining. Yeah, it's 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 in an area of Ogdensburg, which used to be very industrial. A lot of you know cheese plants and all these international plants that are just you know not in business. They're 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 crumbling. They're falling down. They're trying to find money to, to tear these down because it is good property. I mean, really close to the river. There was a lot of booming business and everything down there, but it's just. So you hate to see it. There's just empty buildings, graffiti, and uh, just you, you hate to see it. But this building, pretty sure it could be the same one. I, I can't confirm it, but I will check with some other local people to see, again, if it's the same place that uh, that this would have happened on River and Lake Street. But uh, So, doctor, the old doctor, McMonagall, comes in, visits the, uh, the victim, or at this time, not quite a victim, Friday, 
March 15, 1872, and accepted a $500 payment for introducing the victim to the Dr. Munjin, the Canadian physician who was actually going to do the operation. So again, this doctor gets $500 for just making the introduction in 1872 with inflation, $500. That time is almost $12,000 today. I mean, that is a lot of money for an introduction in the surgery. So he visited, accepted the money, and apparently had nothing else to do with Miss Shea. So, I mean, that's... It's a lot of money to have on hand. You aren't kidding. Especially to Back take... Back then, I'm like, <laughs> on a railway. Yeah, just traveling, single mom, look to be potentially. Yeah. All right. So it, it was also noted that abortionists have held high sway in Augsburg for some time and the actions of the people had a huge effect on the public's perception and reputation of all the medical fields but apparently it didn't stop people from all over the state all over the country that were desperately traveling to Augsburg via train uh, whatever and no matter how they could get there to kind of take care of these illicit matters and the more you read and you research the Augsburg for whatever reason I don't know if it was geographical or what was going on it was the place to this podcast is a part of the Deluxe Edition Network, and I just want to give a quick shout-out to the podcast of the month, which is going to be the Quad Pro Quo. Check out the Quad Pro Quo anywhere that you listen to podcasts. I mean, they're on Facebook, Spotify, Good Pods, Instagram, Twitter, Linktree. Go give them a listen. Again, you can find it all in the Deluxe Edition Network. Just, uh, just you know, two couples who also happen to be friends and live next door to each other. They're like, hey, we're going to start a podcast. New episodes drop every Thursday wherever you podcast. Ooh, check come them up and have these illicit matters. Uh, performed uh, on there and from what you read there was a lot of issues potential a lot more manslaughters and there there is some laws and stuff that were put in place that we're gonna we're gonna jump into in, a, in just a second here but it just seems like a an interesting thing in, in to kind of go back into a couple of episodes you remember maggie you're seeing the bootlegging you're seeing high speed chases you're seeing all sorts of just wild things german nazis in this in the city of augsburg I mean, just just crazy, crazy history there. And even with everything that's been going on in the city recently, it's just some some wild history. And I, I don't know what's going on, but it's 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 crazy. Maybe that's not the right word, but it's it's wild. Um, you know, and, and unfortunately, the rules that we're going to talk about right now, you know, they were in place. But just like bootlegging and prohibition, there's places and areas that just don't follow the law. So New York like we just mentioned, did have abortion laws. And they went to effect in 1830, so 42 years before all of this. So, and the law kind of said, when an, attempted, when an attempt to induce abortion at any stage of pregnancy, whether it was drugs or instruments, it was considered a punishable act and would call for a year in prison. And it was considered second-degree manslaughter. One year in prison for second-degree manslaughter. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Both of us are speechless. We're just shaking our heads like, one year? Again, this is 1830. Maybe a year in prison was a lot different back there, but a year in prison for something like that nowadays is... Yeah. But there was an exception in New York that if abortion was clearly necessary to save the life of the woman, as advised by not one but two doctors, then it was deemed okay. So, I mean, I, I could see that. I just can't get past the one year in prison for, for doing this. But... I wasn't around then. We're not getting into it. But then in 1845, you know what? The law was then amended to make the pregnancy, uh, the pregnant woman who had uh, knowingly submitted to an abortion 
guilty of a misdemeanor crime. So, I mean, they're knowing it, so they're going to charge the, the, the woman as well. But then in 1881, the law was further amended to make both the woman and the doctor both guilty of manslaughter if an abortion was performed after the um, there was like a quickening, which I guess the quickening stage or something is usually between 14 and 21 weeks of a pregnancy. So again, in 1881, they said, hey, you're both guilty if in this 14 to 21 weeks of this pregnancy, and it's very likely that Maria Shea had already experienced the quickening. So I mean, <laughs> so that that's the rule. So obviously, 1881 was just a little bit after this um, this incident, but uh, by 1845, I mean, there, there was plenty of laws in, in place for this. So again, Munjan and several female witnesses were questioned in the death of Shea. McMonagall left the town before I'm, I'm going to say it, shit hit the fan, as, as they say, right? Which is this is a weird thing. Maybe we should do a whole story of why it's called shit, shit hitting the fan. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say, right? I feel like it's a farm thing. I mean, I can see that. <laughs> um, so he's gone. He's just like, you know what? This went down. Nowhere to be found. We'll tell you later in this episode where he ended up being. Uh, but his absence left him to unchallenged. Um, you know, kind of legal stuff, slandering anything else, and he's just not a part of it. Can't be, can't be found, can't be tried. I guess so. Again, this is the 1800s. If it was today, probably could be tracked down with warrants and all that good stuff. They could dog the bounty hunter after him or something. But. So he's gone. Then they're going to start questioning Munjin. Uh, he was taken directly into custody to await trial after they questioned him. The evidence against him was said to be indisputable, especially after the autopsy report was released. So some of these reports are, are pretty gross. I, again, I did clean them up a little bit, but I wanted to kind of leave some stuff that the St. Lawrence Republican did leave in the article. Just to kind of paint a picture of how really gruesome this was back in the day. So it was reported, again, by the St. Lawrence Republican that Shea paid $30 more on top of the 500 already to provide the unlawful service to this Canadian doctor. Um, after the doctor finished the job, delivered the stillborn infant the next day, they placed it in a cigar box, attached some bricks, and just threw it in a canal. He admitted that he was under the influence of alcohol at the time of the procedure. That's horrible. Terrible. I mean, I just couldn't imagine. And then obviously, um, Mache's health rapidly declined and very quickly and then it eventually led to her death a couple of days later. Uh, Munjin then realized he messed up. That's probably an understatement. And then reportedly tried to even sway witnesses, threaten them, whatever he had to do. And thankfully, these witnesses, which I think were reported earlier, were a lot of females. They held strong and refused to kind of stand up to his threats and everything else. So they went to trial. The jury didn't need really much time apparently they found him guilty he was sentenced to five years in Danamora prison All right, which one we might do an episode on Danamora they got some history and but this this blows my mind he was only convicted of procure, uh, procuring and assisting to procure an abortion and was not charged with the murder of Mache or the twins and the reason I say the twins is they ended up finding out that during this procedure, she ended up having one of the um, one of the children in between the hospital or the post office and the bridge when they did the the the, um, the miscarriage, and that was um, that was actually the 
infant that they put in the box and all that nasty, horrible things. But then they ended up finding in the autopsy later that she still had a five-month-old inside of her, which is why. I mean, so not only should, in my opinion, I guess my opinion doesn't really mean much, he gets away with murder, not only of Mache, but two unborn children. That should have been three. But you know what he gets? Five years. Five years in Danamora. Prison. I mean... I think he did the full sentence. Not funny you ask, but the residents of Augsburg then (laughs) attempted to secure his early release. The people of Augsburg wanted him to be released early, but the Supreme Court held up and he served his time in full. He was released January 23rd, 1877. And McMonagall, never charged, never anything wasn't even questioned and he ended up moving to prescott ontario which is right across the river from augsburg immediately after the death and he ended up just living um, a respectable normal life just guilt free uh, uh, in court i mean that has to weigh on you at some point though i mean knowing that you've killed multiple people and just continue to do this but hey he was making a ton of money so good for you doctor and I guess it's kind of ironic that the time that we're saying this, there is also another hospital in Augsburg that a lot of the community, not nearly as bad, but there's a little bit of mistrust from what I'm hearing there as well. But either way, what a crazy story that this happened. Did it say anywhere how old she was? Uh, it did not say her age, at least that I saw. And when you're saying that, uh, let, let's bust out the sources. It was a, a book by um, what is Sherry Farnsworth. Um, another book that you know we've read a couple of times in, in a couple of different articles, just like the one that is the historic North Country disaster. Uh, she also wrote that. Um, and this one was actually the murder and mayhem in St. Lawrence County. These books are very well written. Very well written. So, Cherry Farnsworth, shout out to you. And again, if you guys want to check it out, it's all over the internet. Um, just a great thing. History Press put this out, historypress.net. So just a cool one. I, I actually love the stories that are in there. And again, we, we've we already covered the Scarborough Family Massacre in a further episode. We talked about Alman Farnsworth, Dreadful Death. And now we talked about, um, in, in her title, she calls it The Unfortunate Murder of Maria Shea. So... All right, thanks, Sherry. And that's uh, that's pretty much what we had. And as always, we're going to leave you with a quote. A really strong woman accepts the war she went through and is, is enabled by her scars. And that was by Carly Simon. I don't know if it was fitting, but it felt fitting to me. So this is the Your Town Podcast. Can't thank you enough, not only Meg, for joining us again, but anybody that has uh, listened to this whole episode. Hopefully you like it. If you have anything you want us to cover in your town, this is what it's about. It's your town, your stories. We'd love to talk about it. So again, thanks for listening. And that's all we got. See you next week. Bye.